And welcome to another edition of Calling the Audible as we wrap up week three and preview week four. Uh, we're now 31 or uh, 29% done for the season since we're Eagle, 11. Look that up. Do the math, please, oh. Eagle? <laughs> You're talking about like doing two over 11? Yeah. Well, no, the exact amount of games oh, played. But that's exactly. Yeah, exact... why would you ever do math based on weeks? You do number of games mode. Yeah. Like, come on. So how many games have we played so far? I don't know. Come on, Eagle. You're the head scorekeeper. You should know. Eagle, That's do not like production please. duty, though. All right, so welcome to Calling the Audible. Like another week with uh, PZ Del Rizzi, uh, Eagle, and I as we recap the week and preview what's coming up as we uh, are now midway through July and the weather will get warmer. And uh, definitely we're starting to see some trends develop in all the divisions across the board. You see and weather maybe we, get warmer, but they were talking about fire tornadoes out west, so maybe not that warm. No, hopefully not. That's that's another story for another day. But uh, but you know we we are going to have some warm weather this weekend, and we, we do have outdoor games on Friday in Laval, and of course on the weekend in Lachine that might get a little bit warm inside that complex for those who have games there. But let's uh, please let's dive into it. I guess in terms of what we did, we have the game of the week, which was the Cannoli Bowl, which featured. Hot Sauce Sports against Lockdown. Uh, the loser had to buy cannolis, as you can see from the highlights here from Laval Field 2. Uh, it was a, loser a beautiful from last night. game, actually, and uh, Eagle lost that game. And, it was a beautiful uh, Eagle, night, though. Eagle will have to buy the cannoli again next time around. It's too straight. <laughs> they were good cannolis, though. They were excellent. A lot of even. So, not not, so not even the, a sponsor. They just made great, great cannolis. So if we put a poll question... What was more likely to happen? Eagle getting two touchdown receptions and a sack, or PZ throwing for three fifteen and no ints? Who do you think wins that vote? The What's no, more likely? The no ints yeah. is makes it makes it a discussion. The no ints makes it a discussion. Yeah, like I, I barely play offense to begin with, so that's already unlikely. I barely catch the ball, which is also unlikely, and I never catch touchdowns. So all three of those combined, like like I was telling Rob, I basically hit an inside the park grand slam. Was was your last touchdown catch the one I threw you when uh, when uh, one speed power? Maybe I think I threw you your last touchdown actually. Well, Eagle, I, I digress. It's more like a, like a bunt grand slam that you had. <laughs> <laughs> it's or like the one that Babe Ruth hit, where he hit the ball really high, <laughs> yeah, exactly. and in, in the infield, and he just made it around the bases. Um, no, to be honest, I was so like the first the first touchdown eagle. Uh, you know, you run. I think it was just a smash out, and yeah. defender took a bad step, and whatever. Like that's that's just a, that's a play call touchdown. Anybody could have caught that touchdown. It's fine. The second touchdown, I was actually really impressed because you you were manned up with Matthew Chadwick, who's got fifty pounds and six inches on you. And you use your body to sort of shield him away and then break out of your route to go get the ball. And I was like, that's a smart play by Eagle. And man, I was sideline too. So I had to tickle toe it a little bit. We have not stopped making fun of Chadwick. Like, I keep I told him that night. I was like, dude, you're not going to sleep this week. You got Eagle catch two touchdowns oh, on man. you. Eagle, like, what's worse? The, the, the hip thrust by Alex Holowak in that no regard preview? Or Eagle doing the bird uh, oh, dance with his like, wings. It, it looked better in my mind when I did. <laughs> so does my throwing motion, by the way. Oh man! Anyway, it was from from my perspective because I, I score kept the game. It, it was really good. I mean, it was high scoring. Mm-hmm. Uh, there weren't many um, uh, quick set offensive uh, drives. It was pretty effective. A lot of big plays from both sides. A lot of trash talking from both sides. A yeah, war of, of attrition on top of that with guys going down, in particular to lockdown guys. But uh, I just thought it was a good game. Look, even though Hot Sauce Sports had a 10-point lead, 
Uh, lockdown came back. We did a game, right? But just couldn't find yeah. the, the kill shot when needed to. And at the end of the day, you wonder if, if this loss for, for lockdown might prove uh, consequential if they're going to get that last playoff spot or a lower seed in the playoffs. Yeah. I think the part that, I mean, I don't care about my record as much. What I really like is Game of the Week is back, right? So yeah. Chris Rebe did a great job with this one. I like the new style, like these stills and everything to, to blow up the players. And new scoreboard, new graphics. Uh, we're trying some new things this year. So definitely let us know what you think about it. Oh, this ball piece. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it was on target. It was, it was my receiver nobody. It was dropped uh, in there like a dime. But I mean, like, yeah, like, let us know what you think about the new style and everything. And uh, we'll be bringing these games every week. If you're not familiar with it already, join our Facebook group, which is a player community. Um, we post a poll where you can vote on the different games based on whatever Chris's schedule is to go film. So vote on whichever one you want to go watch. And who won this week? It was it uh, was it Trailer Park Boys who won this week? I think it's still going, isn't it? I don't. Yeah, know. check it out if it's still going. Check Let's it out do a live on update. Facebook. Yeah, Let's do Facebook. A live uh, that won't be live because the show's not live. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but let's do it live, Eagle. Of course. Um, yeah, no, honestly, it's it's. I've always said for Game of the Week that it should be a recruitment tool for, uh, you know, for people to send to, like, other friends and be like, yo, you got to check out this league I play and it's awesome. It shouldn't look like game film because that's boring. Um, and, and both, uh, I, you know, I always give credit to Lance for this. Lance really uh, helped capture that vision that we had, like, as a league in general um, and take it to that next level. And him and Chris have done a great job. Uh, Here it is, film. by the way. Absolutely. Oh, wait for it. There we go. That's the one. That's the, that's the touchdown grab. That's the one where I was I was on the sideline with Shia, and I was like, yo, Eagle, that's a great catch. You know what? I, I made a couple of background appearances there with my blue you did, jacket. You did. You did. Look at that, eh? So we all made an appearance in the game of the week here, some shape or form. But uh, every week on the Facebook site, we'll have the, the vote. Yeah. As, uh, so where, where are we at now, Eagle, with the vote? So you, did, you, did you get it up? Uh, I'm looking right now. Uh, just take a look at it. Uh, b because we talked about it, me, you, and Mo are also going to be featured in Lance's documentary. So last plug on that. Feel free to go check out hashtag no regard. It's at tomorrow. Mexico Scotia. Tonight, if you're watching this the day of. It's true. So that's it's Thursday. Right. It's Thursday. So go check that out and everything and take a look at it. And I can't. F oh, there we go. The poll ends now. Because again, by the time you're watching this, <laughs> it might be done already. Uh, but right now, Trailer Park Boys versus Rainmakers is leading by nine votes. But definitely go vote on the different stuff. That'll be a fun Maybe. game. That'll be a fun game. Uh, Rainmakers haven't scored more than three touchdowns in the game, and and uh, the um, uh, what's it called? The uh, Trailer Park Boys have also a very aggressive defense. And I'm realizing I don't know if they scored more than three touchdowns this week because I haven't written my article yet. I'm starting it to well. I saw the Rainmakers play a, a little bit on on uh, Monday in Broadside. You can see you can see Derek Casher taking um, steady steps as a quarterback now. I mean, he's a lot more comfortable now than where he was. In fact, if you look at the targets for receivers, I believe he has two of the top five, not top six players who have the most targets up until now. Yeah. Now, as as far as the conversion rate of receptions to targets, not as successful. But you can see, though, that he's not afraid that he's, he's letting the ball go, allowing his playmaker to try and make something out of nothing and not taking sacks or, or, or throwing the ball away. So I think that's a progress step for him. I think for Rainmakers, if they do win this game of the week, uh, this would be a great chance for people to see who they are uh, with Derek Castro as a quarterback for that team. The To be honest, would, like I'd like that. I like that he's spreading the ball out more because we saw his first season just he targeted his brother a lot. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but uh, Ryan Kastner is snapping, right? 
I believe he is. Yes, I, I I vaguely remember. Yeah, I think he is because his top receiver was on the left hand side of the formation. But I think he is snapping for Ryan, and he's also the de facto OC, right? So he, yeah, he's well, his but, eyes. So, so I know that when I started playing, and I, I still target my snapper a lot, as you saw in game of the week. But yeah. I know that when I made the transition from snapper to quarterback, I sort of saw the playbook through the snapper, and I think that that's what, what Derek Kastner was doing a lot of. Um, the other thing that I will notice, though, that, that, it, that I have noticed about the team is that the Rainmakers' red zone offense and converts have been very poor. They, they, they're not efficient, and that's something that that's going to harm them down the line. And I think this is the game where, where they're going to see that that's going to be an issue because of the aggression on the Trailer Park Boys' defense. Yeah, and I think, you know, when you look at Derek's menu right now it's not as in-depth right we know when you go to a restaurant there's like 10 pages of, of options right this is more of a one page okay this is what we have today yeah this is what you're gonna get specials right exactly the and then exactly the and chicken. once once that is you know perfected he'll have a second page to that menu you and know what maybe the greatest, he becomes a better quarterback you know what the greatest um food industry illusion is this is actually my industry so it's something i take great pride in to me the 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 uh the type of cuisine that best understood how to create a menu that will allow your restaurant to maximize profits, which is the goal of a restaurant, is Chinese food. They have 200 options, but really it's five. It's chicken, beef, vegetarian, seafood, pork. And then all the other items are things that don't go bad. Rice, noodles, all that. It's ingenious. It's And, and, and you have vegetables, of course, that aren't, that aren't very expensive. So... It's it's the way to give the illusion of choice, but also keep your cost down to maximize profit. Genius. I was gonna say breakfast food being the next one. Breakfast food's up there as well, yeah. but breakfast well, food is actually quite complicated more, right? because you have a short shelf life on a lot of those items. Right. So if you don't have a lot of volume, it makes it more it's difficult. It's a volume business. Yeah, it is. So speaking of volume business, so I I, I saw in Division C uh, on Monday. I thought you were gonna Broadway. talk louder. Speaking of volume business. Volume business. Uh, <laughs> Wait, are you changing the order on me? No, no, we're just doing a quick recap here. Just doing oh, a okay. quick recap. This is a quick recap of games because look, we we've dropped in the game of the week for this week, right? Which is likelihood going to be uh, Rainmakers against Trailer Park Boys. Mm-hmm. But a game that really caught my attention quickly before we dive into the topics was Blue Dreamers against Shit or South Harmon Institute of Technology. Mm-hmm. This was a fun game to watch because. Matt Lapache was going at it with, with the Gomes boys and how they were going back and forth. Uh, Blue Dreamers were down by a couple of scores and they made it a game late in the second half. Um, when you look at uh, South Harmon and how they played in their first game, they weren't that great. But a much better effort from Jake Applebaum, who, as you can see, was 17 and 19, five TDs. But you look at uh, our boy Alessandro Valerzoni, he's starting to improve as a quarterback and maybe he has the, the weaponry to work with, whether it is. Anthony Seja, AJ Gomes, or Nick Ropini being three ahead, three headed monster that can really change the, the damage for, for this football team. This is a fun game, and it came down to the last possession. And unfortunately for Blue Dreamers, they came up short against uh, South Harmon. Yeah, um, I I was kind of surprised by the score, but I think that that's just the kind of team that South Harmon Institute Technology is. They they're guys who. Um, they, they they can they can surprise anyone on a given week, but I do think that if Blue Dreamers play this game sort of ten times, they'll they'll win seven or eight of these these games. You know what I mean? Just just yeah. from a talent level, uh, just from that that perspective, uh, because I think you know like we we know what the top guns are 
on South Harmon Institute of Technology. They have Matt Lapage. They have Jordan McInnes. Um, but then, like, as much as I like a lot of the other guys, what, what, what Blue Dreamers have across the board is just speed, speed, speed all over the place, right? Like, it's, it's right. tough to deal with. No, for sure. Let's dive into the topics here for Division D as we open up uh, calling Audible with this week's topics. Pete, a team that's really caught my, my attention, I saw them play last week, are Blackouts. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're 3-0. Um, I'm, I'm just curious because when I look at this team, this is a team that's been in this league for a couple of years, in and out, you know, with mostly with winter season than it is in spring season. They're 3-0. I'm not sure. I'm going to ask you, are you convinced that this 3-0 start is going to lead to something? Because in theory, in theory, if you look at their schedule, they could be 7-0 by the time they meet PMS later on the season. And they took out a pretty decent team on Friday, led by Dan Lazaro's team in Tutson Parlays. You uh, you uh, want, you ready for my over, my first overreaction of the season, Wilkan? Wait a minute. Did you have one last week or two weeks ago? Probably. <laughs> this is my first one of the season. My official first overreaction of the season. I think Blackouts are the best team in the B Conference of Division D. Um, first of all, like they added Matthew Kazaka, right? So former good. part of my swag, now with them. Uh, the team already had a lot of talent. Ryan Vanslet is a guy who, if you don't know, you're going to know soon. Uh, Alexander Lille, of course, we know his, his athleticism. And, and Cristione. Cristione is a guy on both sides of the ball who's, who's dangerous, and the ratings don't tell the whole story of his ability. They're also a very good low-division defense, and I'll explain why. A lot of quarterbacks in Division D, present company included, don't have the strongest arms, right? Um, no. And while you have guys who, who you know, similar to, to, to myself, or even a guy like Brad Evans, for example, guys who have really good concepts, good playbooks, guys are... are, are tough to, to play against. Um, what, what blackouts are really good at doing is covering a lot of ground on uh, a lot of ground. And I'll give you an example. Um, in the first game when they played against Clinkers, Marc-Andre Dazonier told me they, were, they had a 1-5 defense. So the two corners were dropping, right? He had a fly post combination called. So it's a post, it's a touchdown, except the, def- the defensive back got covered the ground, got into trail position, and was able to knock down the ball from the receiver. Because again, Quarterbacks in this division largely don't have these like really strong arms that can gun it in. And the ability to cover that in this division is key because that gives you a lot of flexibility on the defensive side. It allows you to mask a lot of your coverages. And they won that game with Mike Kazaka at quarterback. So that shows the, the versatility of this team. And I think that the speed on defense, I remember playing against them in their first season. I played against them in the fall when, when they beat us because, again, I was – I had a lot of the same reactions that, that Mark Andre Dizelny had. We're like, oh no, they got a lot better. And my God, can they cover can they cover a lot of ground? And now I actually think their time has come. I think that this is actually like a, uh, a kind of a make it or break it season because I think all those ratings are going to go up very soon because we know Mike Kazaka, we know uh, Christiane, we know uh, Ryan Vance, that we know that these guys are talented and their stats are going are gonna to bear that out over time. And we're going to see this team struggle to stay in Division D. So I think this is kind of like a, a championship or bust season for them. Yeah, you know, they haven't given up more than 13 points in the game this year, right? I mean, they, they have a very good, de- very good defense. They Incredible shut out Tutson Parlays in the second half when it was a one-score game at halftime. Um, they they really play, they, like you said before, they, they cover every blade of grass or every blade of turf um, wherever they play. And 
the way they've gone, and now people are gonna say, "Well, who have they beaten so far?" Well, like you, we can't forecast. Like, look, FPF, we can't forecast who's the best team coming into each division, except for maybe the higher ends, right? And this well, division, here, I we mean, have... depending on how you want to do that, like if you look from a cap perspective, I can tell you who conceptually is the better team. But I mean, that right, doesn't, tell the, doesn't tell the full story. But when, but when, like we look at say the NFL. Okay, every year they always wherever you finish in the NFL, the previous year they always have a tougher schedule. So if you're first place team, you have a first place schedule. We can't criticize who they have in their schedule because that's what they have. Yeah. They can easily be LBB next week. They can be fighting Elini in two weeks. Parley is is not a bad team, first of all. No, they're not a bad Secondly, team. No, you know, they like had a bad game. You know, they, they destroyed PDs and Negronis. They didn't allow they allowed a single score. That's that's huge. And Clinkers, like we've seen Marc Andre Desolnier throw, you know, forty plus touchdowns in this division. Yeah. So like you know, we, we do joke around about him, but he's he's a capable quarterback, and that he always stacks his team. The team is always very good, and uh, while I don't think it's the strongest version of, of the, the squad that he's had, they held him to thirteen points. No, and, and that's the thing, right? When you look at defenses, and and I'll quickly before the next topic here, uh, please. Yes or no? Could they be seven zero by the time they play PMS? Because they play Voodoo, they play LBB coming up. Um, they have some winnable hard. games. They, like Le Bleu Blanc with like a word for best defense as well. And um, Voodoo, again, Frank K, when Frank K is on, there's literally nothing you can do to stop him. It's, and they blew their game last week. They, they blew their game last week. They, they lost the game when they had the lead on Sunday in Lachine. They blew that game Well, that's Well, that's, that's rare because, again, usually when Frank K is on, it's, it, he's unbeatable. And yeah. um, I think also fighting, fighting Alini, they, uh, they lost this past week. But, again, we've talked about how strong – that team is right. So, uh, you know, Josh, Josh feeder, he seems like he's going to be a streaky quarterback as he's still fairly new to the position. So I think that, uh, the talent eventually will carry him over. But, um, yeah, I think, I think they, they're actually good. They actually have challenges in the next three games. So when you look at, so we look at uh, the new guys that defeated fighting Lini last uh, this past week. Yeah, that well, ironically are not new guys. It's all guys from the U. Exactly, right? or, or 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 whatever they're called in years past. Uh, but look, they, their defense played very well against Fighting Lini. Nikki Papich is a quarterback that's developing. Uh, they can't go with our boy Joe K to be the quarterback for the season. Can this defense, PZ, can they carry the workload until? Nikki catches up to them or gets close enough in terms of the equal equal production value of what he brings as the quarterback and what they bring as a defense. Nikki's annoying because he's one of these guys who's just a freak athlete, and then you have guys like me who keep trying to improve at quarterback, but instead, like he's gonna be so much better, so much quicker, just because he's that good an athlete. Um, but the defenses on this side of the bracket, conference B, to me, all the elite defenses in Division D are there. Blackouts, new guys, fighting Alini. Um, these are all teams. And, and like I said, Blue Brunner have allowed only 44 points. That's 22 points in, 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 per game, right? Like it's that's yeah. formidable. And again, what, what I think their strength is actually creating turnovers more than it is limiting points. So you see them at 0 2, but they're still not an easy out, right? Like that's to me, that, that's what the, the sort of identity of Conference B is going to be all season long. Yeah, you know. I look at new guys, and I, I've score kept their first two games. They, their defense is is humid. It's just so humid because Who's it just annoys people. Who's this? It one? Just, uh, with new guys. New guys, yeah. 
it's such a humid defense because this wear on teams like they wear them out right you know it's, how, why, after humid it's why i personally underestimated that group of guys for so long is because they don't have the they often don't have the big strikes they, they yes they all they can do it but you're right it's it's suffocating it's that they 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 control the pace of the game they they take a big strike when it's there if not they're, they're good to just drive the field drive the field and not make mistakes and, and it, it, that's the, what happens you the, have a group of guys that played together for so long Right, and, and the, the confidence that they have in, say, our boy Joe K to drop as a safety, the last line of defense in a, in a, in a league tailored for high-scoring offenses, yeah. it just shows that no matter who's playing for them, the rapport that you mentioned before that they've developed has enabled them to do these type of exotic looks. Yeah. And as I said before, they're, they're that humid defense, humid defense where if you look at it, you know, after a long day of work where it's hot and humid outside, we just this sapped of energy that's how the fighting leaning looked like after they're lost the new guys mm-hmm. they just look zapped of anything like, you know you talk about joe canoe and like I, i'm glad you mentioned that because we we often talk about obviously like the the, the two big guns on defense are, are nikki papich and tim horner right but joe canoe he's not the fastest guy although he's he's faster than you'd think but his his instincts are incredible and it allows Kyle Pedvis to do a lot of stuff in the flats where he creates a lot of mistakes in the flats for, for quarterback. Let's not forget his innate talent of ripping hearts out of lizards. That's true. That's true. We've, we've often heard about that. We've often heard no, about that. We'll lizards and other maybe. Mortal Kombat contestants. Maybe. Maybe. Uh, Los Siete Amigos, they are 2-0. Should we be giving them more respect or hold off on the rose petals, please? I've been watching them since, like, I often write the article like I am for this season, writing for Division E, and I usually write for Division E, Division 6. I, I enjoy writing for the lowest division because it allows me to go on psychedelic roller coasters. Um, but I've liked them from when they started. I, I thought that it was a team that they just didn't know a lot about FPF. They are kind of like really uh, a team from the outside. And um, I always like Alex Fafard's arm. Alex Fafard, um, he can really let it rip. And we've seen him play. We've seen Ben Reed. Ben Reed, another guy who, again, came in with the Browns of Boucherville. Not a particularly good start to his FPF career. He was far from perfect, but he, he corrected a lot of his issues. And again, I was surprised when I first played against him. I was surprised at how well he can throw and how hard he can throw the ball at, at such a low division. Um, whoever's, whoever's playing quarterback for them is going to be uh, dangerous to face off against. Um, they have a lot of great, great talent. Etienne Brisson, again, not a familiar name to a lot of people in FPF because he's mostly played Division E, Division Six. The guy right. is very, very good. See, and the thing is, when they beat Voodoo on Sunday in Lachine, Fafar wasn't there. Yeah, it was Benjamin uh, Reed throwing for them, right? Yeah. And they didn't look out of sync at all. And even though they were down in the game... But they're the uh, same it, kind of quarterback. They throw hard, they can move, they buy time... I, but Fafar is like better with his legs, I think. I think Fafar is better with his legs. He, he has a bit of a of a Tim but Tebow. Ben, but like, ben, ben Reed can move. Like he doesn't he can do it often. He gets the ball out no. quick, but I've seen him buy time and he's 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 a good athlete, so he gets the time yeah. when he needs it. I, I think for them, they got top season coming up this Sunday in Machine. Yeah. It, and, and look, top season, we, we talked about them week one and how unpredictable they've been this so far. I, I wonder if they do beat top season this Sunday and they become three and oh they put themselves in that category of, okay, well, yeah, I, I think they might pull off an upset, not upset too, but they might beat one of these better end teams because of the combination of what they have in offense being built upon for the last couple of seasons. 
Yeah, I think um, I think it's possible. I, I like I said, I like them a lot, and I have liked them since they started. I, th- I think uh, I think a lot of them. So kiss my what? Please, I know you wanted to bring this up in our production meeting here, so, so let's talk about kiss my what. There was two things about the roster that of kiss my end zone, right? Kiss my end zone. They're on my schedule, so obviously I looked at the roster right away. And <laughs> there's two things with the roster that, that scared me. One was uh, Josh Vasquez when he's on his game is a quarterback who just one of these guys who catches fire and you know he, he'll complete like you know 28 or 32 passes and there's not a lot you can do. He's he, not that every game, but when he has those games, it's it's the most frustrating thing. Uh, Eagle actually that game right through that touchdown to you, we lost that game because Josh Vasquez was basically infallible. Um, the, the other thing that scared me was. Uh, one of my ex-teammates from my days with uh, Darksiders or Moose or Dark Moose or whatever version of that team it was is Jamil Springer. Um, yeah. For those in the low divisions who don't, don't know Jamil, Jamil is an incredible two-way player. Those two guys, it's my understanding, are no longer on the team. Um, just unable to make games. It's summertime. Guys have other obligations. Um, so they've been replaced. And it's Matt Domon who's going to be taking over quarterback. And... Taking over for uh, Jamil Springer is Jeremy White. So I want to ask you, Mo, yeah. what do you think? I know obviously the name power of Jamil Springer is obviously great, and we all know him. But we also know Jeremy White's ability as a two-way player and even having input as a quarterback and that ridiculous duck move that he does, which uh, we still can't even find a rule to stop him from doing. Um, but given that, and given that they're going to have these guys all, all season long, do you think it's A, pretty much the same caliber of team, B, a de- you know, a worse team, or are they better off with these pieces as the team is fully constructed? I think they're, they're better off with okay. these two guys and Jeremy and Dumont being on the team, Jeremy White and Dumont being on the team. No, look, Jamil Springer is a fantastic player. We know what he is. But I just think that his flamboyance as a player may not mesh well with that core group in place. Like I know um, when, when I, I again I, I know other people have had different experiences as a teammate. He's I, great. I loved having him on my team, and Absolutely. I didn't mind him getting like we were the kind of personalities that we, you can get in our faces, and it it's not going to make us upset. Like we would, we'd be like, okay, that's what we need to do. We got this. You know what I For mean? Sure. Like, it was it was that kind of group of guys. Um, I don't know a lot of the guys pretty well. I know Alexi and Ignacio and, uh, and Jonathan Harrod. They're all guys who pretty much will respond to criticism without, you know, without batting an eye. I don't know the rest of the team. I don't know how they are. I don't, I don't know how they react. Uh, so in that way, maybe it is just an easier mesh because maybe guys are not used to that sort of higher division mentality, right? Yeah, I, I think, you know, Josh Vasquez, you, may, you hit it perfectly, Pease, where when he's on, he's very good. When he's off, he's, he's diarrhea. That's what he yeah. is. And I think now moving forward, they can find themselves a proper identity for offense. It might take a week or two because, again, the transition of what they're going to go from Vasquez to what they're having now. And also, look, I think they have pieces there. Uh, you know, Presser, the, the cornerback, who Eagle knows very well from week one. I mean, look, he can line up with the best of them size-wise, and he can play. He's not afraid of that. And if a guy like Kim can take away one side of the football field, it makes that defense even more dynamic to say, look, we can we don't have to worry about that right side. 
we can worry about everything else and force a quarterback to limit them, limit their options. So yeah. I think this could definitely help them. But the question out piece is that look, we're through two weeks, three weeks of the season. How quickly can they get this on the right track before they fall into a deeper hole and fighting for a low end playoff spot than saying being in the middle of the pack of their division? How many teams make the playoffs in Division D Eagle? Uh, let me get the count for you. Probably sixteen. Okay, let so me check that to be sure. So yeah, the, the, uh, 12, the bulk 12 of teams make the, make the the playoffs. So twenty four teams in total. It's going to be twenty four of the twenty eight. Jesus. Okay, so don't. So make the top playoffs. four get buys. But so. Like their next few games, Tough Lungs, Spears Legion, Hot Sauce Sports, Mean Girls, all competent teams, right? Like they're all teams who, despite potential flaws, are teams that are going to put up a fight. No, no one's going down easy. No. Like I don't see them going four no in that in that span, right? Like they, no, gonna, but but, but they're going to probably they're going to probably split that. They'll probably go two and four, right? So they right. they're going to be two and four to start the season. Yeah, and let's not forget Hot Sauce Sports, right? Take them out of the equation. Spears Legion, right? Mean Girls are all with either above or below Kiss My End Zone right now. So yeah. in a sense, that's sort of like a not like a playoff uh, situation here, but you can sort of get that tiebreaker over those teams and yeah, create th- th- that separation. Are, because we're only playing teams in our conference, um, these games are incredibly valuable. Absolutely. Um, and so I, I think... You're right. Like it, it is too early to be talking about playoff seeding, but definitely, um, you know, if you lose to Tough Lungs and you lose to, let's say, Mean Girls, as an example, and you, and you win the other two games, then those two teams are teams that may be slotted ahead of you because of those those tiebreakers. You know what I mean? And right. that's you. At that point, you're going to be hoping for three way ties and. Three-way ties might actually help them because, again, you see the the point differential working in their favor because they have a very strong defense. Right. Well, it's going to be fascinating how they play and how they adapt with these new additions here. But when we look at co-ed piece and we see what has happened to the fighting Seth Galinas, being 0-3, being humbled by third down for what? Um, I'm shocked. I, yeah, I, I, I am shocked. Third down for what, actually, in that game. Yeah, I know, but I thought it would be a lot more competitive from yeah. a, from that standpoint. And they got they got ran through like there was no issues at all for third down for what yeah, on Sunday in Lachine. So I haven't actually had the opportunity to see them in person uh, yet this season, right? Because we can only be at X amount of places. We just I, we just haven't crossed paths. Um, seeing the strength of the roster, what has been the issue for? Um, for fighting tigers, I think it's their offense, man. Like I, I, I don't but, know what's but how, happened. Like, but why? Like I, I obviously when you see the points scored, but why is that the case when you, when you look at the team that has again all these familiar names of of uh, you know just just Theo and Jamie Ojea? That alone should mean you score thirty points a game. Yeah, you should. But then why Theo, aren't I'm, they? Like I'm looking for analysis here, Mo. Well, no. And by the way, Theo didn't play in that game because he was refing. Uh, okay. So he wasn't allowed to officiate that game. But I just find that for whatever reason, Seth Galina has not connected as well. I mean, already he's at six TDs, eight INTs, and three sacks. And I just think he has not found his rhythm with his pass catchers. And I think teams have kind of figured out his game plan. And you know, we've known Seth for a while now in, in this league, whether he's played co-ed or, or, or lower-end divisions as a quarterback. 
mm-hmm. but his offense isn't going to be that air raid system where they quick strike it and go, and they can beat you in any shape or form here with whoever they have on the field. But I just think that from a roster personnel perspective, this is probably his, his most dynamic of what he has from different players across the board, his five pass catchers. And to not even be close in this football game, that's a big indictment about maybe this team is regressing, going in the wrong direction right now, where I think they should be at least 2-1, and one, not 0-3 at this point in the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, uh, Eagle, I got to ask you a question before I give analysis. Is the are the stats fixed? No. <laughs> we'll get them so fixed for winter twenty twenty two. Of the top five receivers, one thing I can see is that I don't know if this is accurate or not. So if I'm wrong, whatever. I'm working with the tools I got, man. Um, they they don't have a lot of targets going towards um, female receivers and coed. The, the strength of your male athletes doesn't matter because if you don't have strong female a- uh, athletes, then you're not going to be able to compete because you're playing at a disadvantage. You're playing at a game where you have basically, you know, four or five on the field at a time, right? And I'm I'm guessing here, Laurence Pointbriand is a, is a is a woman, right? We don't know, but likely. I don't know, no but picture. likely. There's no picture yet. Excuse me if I'm wrong. I'm, Again, I haven't seen the team in person yet, so I'm I'm going by just some basic information here. Um, th- I think this might be the issue. Like, is Seth Galina playing with four receivers at a time? So you're saying essentially he's handcuffed by having well, only but, four, like but not he, really he, five he, on the field. He's not theory. finding a way to integrate them. It seems like right. Like that's in, it, like. in in three games, like Lawrence has uh, only four targets, and. I mean, I don't have the stats for uh, for Maud Lacasse and for Anna Chevrier um, because our website is. I not can get them for you. Yeah. Well, yeah, so, she has five receptions. So anyway, the, the yeah, inf- Maud so, has five receptions for seventy-two yards, and I'm Anna, so frustrated by her site. I'm sorry. Anna has one reception for sixteen yards. So like, I look what we do with FPF is amazing. We're continuously. Like you know, pushing the envelope, pressing the envelope. I forget what the expression is. We're doing one of those things We're to the envelope. Shit. We're mailing shit all the time. No, we don't mail Mo. We don't mail it in. We're always pressing, and it's awesome because we have all Lastly. these things. We have all these stats. We have the, the, the scorekeeping app. We have stats. I remember when I started playing, I'd have to wait almost a week to get my stats. When Mocon does the stats, by by midnight, your stats are updated <laughs> on on the on page. <laughs> And like it's it's awesome, but then once in a while, things just don't work out the way we want. And from a media perspective, it handicaps us. Anyway, I'm done complaining. I'm sorry. And from a tech perspective, we are also not pleased because no. this is also not <laughs> we, in my control. Eagle, I've, Eagle, and I have had too many conversations about this already. This I screamed <laughs> and yelled and bitched, and I've yeah. done my part. Hurricane, yeah, we, we try our best. Um, so you've seen them all. So uh-huh. is 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 my um, flawed analysis because the, the tools I have are not apt. Is my flawed analysis correct? Is is Seth Galina enough finding a way to integrate his female receivers in a meaningful way? It could be. It could be like we have the second worst offense in the entire co-ed, right? With with the second least amount of points scored, and we have the second worst defense with this with with, with the most points allowed this season yeah. for tier one and tier two. So this isn't uh, 
a situation where it's only the offense here, Pease. I mean, we can also uh, uh, do an autopsy on the defense and why they have not been able to play better. For sure, I was, I was reacting because I was reacting to your initial analysis that said the problem's no, no. been the offense, right? So, so like, right, right, no, for sure. Having but, but not seen is, it and, and given that I don't have all the information, um, no, no, for sure. That that's but, kind does of it go hand in hand though on why both O and D have been pathetic? Yeah, in this yeah. season, right? And, and so, and, I, I and think, like football is a complementary sport, right? Like if you're if you're not scoring and your defense is constantly on the field, yeah, you know, of course, and that doesn't uh, help. It's not going to help. No. Um, the, the, the classic Bruce Arians line, you ain't boozing, you ain't losing, right? Uh, does that bet? That? Yeah, he did. He did. Right. Actually. It's a good line. I like it. It's a great line. <laughs> I love it. Uh, does that best represent Sriracha Hot Sauce to their start of the season piece? Because if you look at their, their start to the year, they're one and two, but yet they are scoring points and they're losing, but they, you know, like they have everything going for them and how they've been competitive this season. And look, at this point, we're only through three games, but they're probably one of those type of teams that hey, they go big or they come up really low at times with how they've done so far this year. Yeah, um, look, there's a lot of teams like this in FPF across the board. We talked about EZW forever, and they would make the playoffs every year having a borderline incompetent defense. It's of course that's been regulated; they're no longer that. Um, and Sriracha Hot Sauce. Look, they only give up 19 to Yin and Yang, right? So um, Yin and Yang, for a team with Gino DeFazio a quarterback, with Matthew Peacock, um, with Justin Weir as a receiver, um, this is a team that you expect to score four or five touchdowns a game no matter what. And so you, I thought this game was going to be a shootout, right? Like when we were talking about it last week, I thought it was going to be a shootout. Yeah. I was wrong. It was, it was a blowout. And in the second half especially, Yin and Yang only able to put up a single score um, that you know, maybe this was the turning point for them. Maybe, um, it's it just took a couple of weeks to sort of get their their FPF legs under them, and mm-hmm. and maybe they've arrived, and maybe they'll score they'll have forty points this week. But look, if as long as you're scoring five touchdowns a week, you have an opportunity um to to win every game. And what's always impressed me about Coed is the amount of scoring has always been very high from from day one to to right now. Um, these these offenses always seem to be humming. So um, that that gets them in the conversation because it allows them to keep pace, worst case scenario, and then you're hoping either for a mistake or someone on your team makes a big play. Well, you know, you look at Vincent Markey and Tommy Roadley. They've combined for 19 catches on were you scared 24 of targets, right? Were 24 targets. Of, were you scared of Trojados? No, I call him Tommy Roadley. That's what I call him. Okay, always call him that. It's so, a cool name. Yeah, it is. It's, it's uh, like so a top-tier cool name in FPF, right? Right. You know, so that, that's 19 receptions, eight touchdowns combined. So that's a one one TD for almost every two catches between, between those two guys. Now, Roley would be going to Sherbrooke training camp and whatever it might be, or CFL camp, who knows. So they might lose him at some point in early August for training yeah. camp purposes. Who knows if he's, if he's with Sherbrooke. I'm not sure he's going to come up every weekend to play a football game because of the training camp demands that will be put in place for these teams here with COVID and all that. If he's in the CFL, forget about it. He's not coming back for who knows how long. I hope he has a long CFL career. But they have a pretty good core of pass catchers on that team that could really be problematic for the better teams in this division. And that's why. If you ain't boozing, you ain't losing, right? I think that's their motto and how they can win big or they can win or lose ugly. Look, and 
the thing is, like Vince Marquis, obviously the connection with his brother is big, and I, I agree. I, I saw that immediately on the roster that I knew uh, Tommy would probably not be there the entire season, but we saw in this game um, Camille Saint Marie. She didn't get a single target in her first two games. She caught three passes, 15 yards, and touchdown. Maybe she's going to be that get-you-out-of-trouble receiver. She'll be that complimentary receiver to Vincent Marquis. Um, she's, she's starting to establish a role. And, and it takes a couple of weeks, let's say, for a quarterback to develop that rapport. This right. maybe was that turning point for them. I think, I think this was a big week in general for this team. Yeah, and, and like Bruce Aaron said, PZ, if you ain't boozing, you ain't losing. I've lived my whole life by that principle. Of course you have. Uh, best game of the week coming up in, in co-ed. Semi Kokon against Fantastic Nine Peas. Uh, both teams top two in their division, uh, two and one. Um, yeah. Give me a quick key in this matchup between these two teams here on who can be three and one. No picks yet, but who can be three and one by the end of this game here and in control of their division going towards the final half of the season. I'm going to do that sports media thing where I just talk about it in general. Then Perfect. not make a prediction, and then later on make a prediction. That's good. That's good work, Mo. Send me up Thank beautifully you. there. Uh, first of Perfect. all, I got to say with Fantastic Nine, the key is maybe change your team name to the Fun and the Furious, or just you know Fun Nine. Um, but <laughs> honestly, the the team the team across the board um, is talented. Uh, Edouard Leroux is having a solid season, although the 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 seven touchdowns is not. The seven passing touchdowns is not a ton uh, to start the season. They have passing touchdowns from a whole bunch of other people. It's a very confusing. I don't understand if it's like play calls or if it's just, you know, uh, people subbing in at random points in the game. Um, but I, I think the key here is the combination of Guillaume Saint-Jean and uh, Vivian Lessard. Um, Vivian Lessard, again, sort of a possession receiver, kind of like we just talked about Camille Saint-Marie. Similar role. She scored twice already this season. I think she's going to get more and more involved as uh, the season goes on. Um, and for Semi Croquin, um, you know, they don't have to change her name, unlike Fantastic Nine, because I always like the name to begin with. Um, but I do I do like what they've done so far. and It's, it's a vast improvement from what we saw last season. Right. Uh, Marie-Ève Girard being very careful with the ball. 114.7 quarterback rating. So essentially, this is her game plan. She needs to go in and control the pace of the game. There's nothing wrong with being sort of a game manager. And, and I think that's where she's going to excel and where she has excelled so far this season. And I, I, I see that continuing. Speaking of excelling, the Division E. Did, did you about see where, where the internet stalled, by the way? We had to buy a lot of time talking about Yeah, yeah, I saw that. The, the, when you do the hand movement, that means you're stalling for something. That's yeah. why I know it's with your... I'm motioning to Eagle. This is pulling back the curtain a little bit. Um, go ahead. Sorry, uh, sorry. Uh, what were you saying? <laughs> I was going to say, well, speaking of Division E, uh, V-Town, no, you know, we spoke The thing about. we weren't speaking of. Let's no, speak we of weren't. It. But we'll <laughs> speak of it now. Uh, look, they, they claim they are the best team in this division. They took out Oscars Hockey School, which sucks because that's my team. Um, but you look at the schedule. They're 2-0 right now. Uh, they're behind Green, mean goes. Green Means Go. They'll play them. They'll play Rainmakers later on this season. Is this all smoke and mirrors with V-Town Peas? Or are you buying into the hype that they have redeemed themselves and now look like a serious threat to be a, a, a contender in Conference A of their division? I pick Vitan to win this game. 
Um, the reason why was because at some point, Oscars Hockey School um, will make mistakes as a new team in FPF. Uh, Matthew Zepatelli, thank you for the follow on Twitter. Uh, but more so, what's what happens when you quarterbacks is you'll have games like this. You'll have games where you just get nothing going. You know, you don't get any of the extra yak. You don't get uh, plays that work out in your favor. Uh, they scored three times. It's fine. It's it's an okay game. But V-Town are just as athletic. And they have that extra, I think, two seasons? Of ex- no, no, just one. Ex- they, they played last well, week, right? Yeah, they, they, they played under different names in yeah. Fall Cup, and they played the Winter 2020. That's it. They played, that's it. They played two seasons before this. Can I yeah. can I play a uh, hot take on this? Go ahead. If sure, you go have ahead. 12 attempts, of which seven completions and three of those are touchdowns, and the five missed passes are interceptions, aren't you just throwing 40 bombs every single play and succeeding on some and failing on others? That's well, and that's that, 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 that's to my point. Like That's where you're, it's not a mature team, right? Like It's a team, they're just trying to, to, to put up points, and it's worked so far, so let's do it. But the thing is, when you play more and more experienced teams, you're like, oh, this guy's going deep all the time. We'll take it away, and then what can he do? And 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 look to your point, Eagle. It worked sometimes, and then sometimes it didn't pan, pan up because it's a, it's it's a low efficiency offense. Well, I'll, I'll give you the example. It reminds me of Jimmy Garoppolo in the 2020 NFC title game against Green Bay, where he had only eight passing attempts, and the Niners ran the ball down the Packers' throats for like 3,100 yards, whatever it was. Yeah, but it's because you can have a running game, right? Like, right. No, but what I'm trying to imply, game, though, you have 16 is, plays total in a game. That's yeah. not a game. Uh, for sure. But what I'm implying, though, is this, that they can, in their mind, they can keep to that 12 passing attempts as they had in the win on Thursday against Oscars Hockey School. Uh, sorry, um, in terms of what they did of, of 22 passing attempts, right? But what I'm trying to imply is this, that if they can keep themselves from that passing number going past, uh, going beyond 25 or 30 attempts, I think it works well in their strengths of what they are, that they're not going to be a team that's going to go 40 passing attempts per game, but if they can keep it with there and be effective in those uh, 22 passing attempts, I think they're okay in how they're going to be as a, as a football team moving forward. I also like the way V-Town spread the ball around too. Like look at the targets across the people, standard yards and everything. And, so that looks promising as well. But you see yeah. now their, their schedule, if you look at the B-Town schedule, and again, I forget the order of when they play Green Means Go and, and Rainmakers, but look, they got Suicide Squad one and one right now. Um, Trailer Park Boys, decent team. I, I, I see that they can probably have three, if not four losses the rest of the way and be six and four going towards the playoffs. Which, you know, that's fine. That's a good team, right? That's a, it's a big that's a progress, good... though. Yeah, it, it, that means they're a good team, and um, I think I think like I kind of in my mind had them penciled in for like six and four, five and five, like like you're saying. But again, if they surprise a team like Suicide Squad, for example, or if they surprise like let let's say that's the game Green means go stumbles right, yeah. and before you know it, they're seven and three or eight and two, and they're playing sort of like sort of like how how. We were saying all season long how the Montreal Canadiens were like ahead of schedule. Like they would be ahead of their FPF development at that point, right? Yeah, but is that point? Is that house money then, please? Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, like, but the thing is, like, if correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was just last winter where like they really, really struggled. It was Book and Sears. Right? Oh, it was it terrible, like, man. Undisciplined. Yeah. Well, because you know, FPF is not a it's not a beer league. It's it's a league where guys play and they're they're very competitive, right? And so. 
Um, when you show up, just because you're athletic, everyone's athletic in this league. Everyone can play. Wow. Not you. Not me, but I surround myself with really good athletes. Well, Eagle's um, athletic. He had two touchdown grabs. That's true. If, if only I had Eagle, I would have thrown eight touchdowns. That's, that's how that works. Um, and that means Eagle would have been on the winning side of the cannolis. That's true. That's true. Um, but yeah, so um, that's the thing. is I kind of feel like they thought they could just show up and uh, do damage right away. And yeah, I, I, I think I, just based on being faster than everyone else, but that doesn't that, that rarely pans out in FPF. Right. I just think now for them, you know, they had the canvas to paint their picture. And I think at first they were just taking all sorts of colors and just trying to make something out of nothing. But now if they can paint within the lines of, of what their strengths are, yeah, they could go six and four, maybe seven and three. But look, they, they came up to me. I thought they wanted to buy flags yeah. for me. And they said, hey, we beat Oscars Hockey School. I'm like, holy cow, I can't believe they lost these fools. And B-Town's 2-0, and Oscars Hockey School's 2-1. Yeah. You need to come up strong, Oscar. Anyway. Anyway, uh, look, I saw Melons play, the Pit Oreos. So I have a, they, I have a, I don't know if you saw my article this week, Mo, but I actually ranked Melons as my 10th team in my power rankings. They hadn't played a team yet, but be, I gave them the 10th spot because I didn't know who to give it to. And... They showed up for their game and won by forfeit. And I was like, you know what? I'll give credit for the guys who actually showed up. So I, I ranked them at 10. And looks like my my flawed thought process paid off because Oreos, to me, are the team to beat in the division, and they hung with them for the entire game. Yeah, and, and look, Melons had them dead to rights. They had, yep. by, the way, by the way, Melons, coolest uniforms. In, in oh, I haven't seen them yet. Very cool. If they can send us a picture of it, very cool. Well, it should be up on our site soon, right? They took the yeah, it's got that nice melon pink look to it. It's very nice. I really like the uniforms a lot. But these guys, look, they when I first met them, they went to come get flags for me. And I said, hey, man, have fun with it. And like, well, we hope so. And they gave Oreos their best right hook to their jaw. And they had them wobbling at times here. I mean, look, this game was going back and forth. And even Quasi Gordon Mall, who was scorekeeping, we were watching him together. And I had my eyes on my field. But... He said Melons should have won this football game. They shot themselves in the foot late in the matchup, and look what happened, right? We, Oros, as a great team as they are, figured out a way to come away with a victory when they should have been dead to rights in the water. Um, I just noticed something for Oreos. Um, Trey Bentley's on the roster. Do you stay with oh, Justin God, as a yeah. quarterback, or do you go to Trey Bentley at quarterback? Now, look, I, I, I'm not going to... I think Trey's you and I both really... have a bias in a sense because of his dad, because he's a legendary Montreal coach. But well, uh... his dad. Let me tell you something about his dad. Okay, so I don't care if I get into crap, right? I remember his dad would score keep his son's stats for junior football. Yeah, and also I score keep the stats for for the league, right? And I remember one time he came up to me. He goes, "Hey, I had Trey at this sat this number of completions, touchdowns, and yards." And I looked at him, I go, excuse me, what? He goes, yeah, he was, whatever, 12 of 16 for 180 Step and four touchdown up, passes. And I looked at him, I go, I go, what is wrong with you, dude? Like, this is a recreational kids football league, man. He ain't getting a scholarship from Alabama, from Oregon. He ain't getting Texas coming look at him right now. Maybe down the road he will. So when I think of Trey Bradley, I just think of his dad come up to me, give me his stats. I'm like, bro, relax, man. Let him enjoy the game. But by the way, if he plays for the Orioles as a quarterback, Oh boy, look guys, you can put some major stats. Yeah, major that, stats. Like so, I, I actually again, I, don't, I haven't seen Justin Charles throw. I've seen Trey Bentley throw. 
Um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm legitimately curious to see what they'll do. What, what do you think they should do though? Like they're three and zero with Justin Charles, but you, you've seen Justin Charles play. Is he at the same caliber as Trey Bentley? No, he's not at Trey Bentley's level of of quarterback IQ of success. But Justin Charles is a very good quarterback for the way he yeah. presents. Now, I think Trey is cleaner in terms of of the turnover ratio. But I think from what they built so far through the first few games, and even Juwan Edgehill, whose brother plays on the team, Juwan even said, he goes, right now, that rapport, that telepathy that they have on offense right now, of how they work and how they're in sync, mm-hmm. don't mess with him, man. You know, if it yeah. ain't broke, why fix it, right? So let it be until further notice. If things go awry where P's, I don't know, Justin Charles is, they go own 4 they lose by 45 points, it won't goes, ha- like, the, the team is overwhelming. It, it won't happen. Yeah. Um, but um, I noticed that, and I, I was like, just just the knowledge that he has as a quarterback, um, you know, having been Coach Bentley's son, I, you know, it's, it's it's a lot that he brings to the table on top of his physical uh, skill set. Right. Now, let me – look, I don't want to get too ahead of myself here. Right? They're 3-0, the first team to three wins right now in Division E. If they were to win TVPs, they should. What does that say about Division E? Or what does that say about the Junior League that, hey, it's producing talent or that Division E well, is. Well, it's what we want from FPF Junior, right? We want it to be a pipeline into FPF. And, like, youth should win over old people. Like, never did I look at my grandmother and be like, she'd whip me in a race, but she might. Okay, so okay, let's just say they don't win the championship, right? What is considered to be a successful season for the Oreos? One round, two rounds, conference title game, or uh, finals? One seed and at least two playoff wins for me is what I expect from that roster. Okay. No, no I, I, I think... I know it's a lot of pressure, but like it's to me... It's definitely tremendous. I, I, again, they're not familiar to a lot of people in the, in, in the, uh, in the division, in, in FPF, the, the men's league, but you and I are more, more familiar with, with FPF Junior, and these are like the stars of FPF Junior, right? Like These are some of the best players in the division, right? Like Jaden Edgehill is going to do serious damage in this league for a long time. Now, Eagle, clip this right now, this next question for PZ and I. If green means go played Oreos right now for the division E title, who's the favorite PZ? I give the Oreos. They're a better team. I, I like, so look, the, the, just the knowledge of Dave Allen is impressive, right? Like, we all know that. And the team itself is good. It's not a bad team by any stretch. It just, there's there's people on the side on the side of Oreos that nobody on Green Means Go can keep up with. Not even Conrad Keeble, our very own Conrad Keeble. Yeah, no. You think he's running with Jaden Edgehill? <laughs> nope, I'm just saying You that. think he's running with Trey Bentley? Like, no. <laughs> Oreo's quarterback would be the fastest guy on Green Means Go by a lot. It it, it would be fascinating if that if we had that matchup in the final. I I hope that's the matchup because it's going to be a great game, right? Like it's the ultimate. It's the ultimate. Like and and look here, I I would favor Oreos. I would pick Oreos in that game. But would I be surprised if Green Means Go beat the rookie upstart? No, of course not because they're experienced. But to me, like. Oreos are, are coming and like if they don't win the championship now they're gonna win it 
like they have a window here that's essentially infinite because of how young they are. Speaking of hitting it, uh, Stan Marino of Dilly Dilly uh, receiving touchdowns is off to a flyer. Uh, he's on pace for 30. But I think that's unrealistic here for a receiver at that clip. What's the, so, Adam Crystal's record? 26? 28? Uh, I, will ch- I will check the record. It's about I think it's 28, yeah. right? But um, Where could people find the records? It's in our accolades on our website. So there's a record book in there. You can go Phenomenal. Can you Stan can Marino... While we're talking about it. I can. I'm also looking to see what the individual season records are. Okay. Perfect. Stan Marino, can he hit 20 touchdowns? I think he can. It is 35, by the way. By Adam Crystal? How many? Okay, so 35. 35. Jesus. I, for, I forgot how dominant a season that was. Um, can Marino hit 20? I think he can. 20 is hard, man. Because um, at some point, you imagine that um, defense will start keying in on him, right? And they'll, they'll start to force the quarterback to go elsewhere. Um, I don't know. It's, it's, it's a terrible... I, I think like... It's more realistic for him to end with like 17, 18 kind of thing um, than end with, with, with 20 because 20 is just a ton of touchdowns. Because um, he, he's averaging one touchdown gap uh, for every like 1.2 receptions. But like if, if – like, and again, it's so it comes down to who he plays against and if the teams are experienced enough to know how to take him away. But like if I'm playing against that dude, beat us with somebody else. Okay, so here – You're facing a double like, every play. We got the Chevalier de Rohan coming up. I think they'll run through them. Yeah. Blast from the past. I think they can do it. I think the Ravens will Blast give them the pass. Blast from the past won't allow two touchdowns to, to Stan Marino. I'd be very surprised. Right. And now and Ravens, score three, and we'll cut this up, and Pisa's going to look stupid. Ha, 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 ha. You all win. Shut up. Right, but he's Happy got Eagle. Ravens. And, <laughs> he's, got, he's got Ravens and Orioles coming up later on in the season. So those might be his two toughest defenses he might go up yeah. against. Ravens especially. But if he can – if he can poach three touchdowns this weekend, that puts him at nine with seven games or six games to go to hit 11 more. It would have to be a situation like with Adam Crystal, who was getting force fed the ball, right? Like, who's his quarterback again? I, I can't remember his name. Smaller? Smaller? Smaller. Justin Smaller. Just Smaller, right. Okay. There we go. Um, that's where we need GM just on a permanent call. Like Gazoo, he pops up like Gazoo in the old Flintstones show, right? Like on yeah. our on our over our shoulder and stuff. Nice, it's a good pull, Mo. Uh, yeah. No one on Orioles that team knows also who had, you're talking that, about. That team was cracked, by the way. Yeah. It had Lewandowski, Verger, Chiriat, and uh, McLaren and Curry on it. I want to say it was it was pre-cap era. Oh, for sure. Yeah. That that is what you call like the most polarizing cast of characters on that roster. Yeah. So so the thing is though. With Marino, yeah. We'll see with Dilly Dilly. This is a team we're going to start paying more attention to because we like they haven't really faced a team we recognize yet. So once they reach that middle section where they face, uh, you know, Shiva, uh, sorry, uh, Blast from the Past and, and Ravens, um, we're going to get some more information on them. But if you take away Stan Marino, they do have Ricardo De Rosier, who's excellent. Yeah. He's, he's a fantastic receiver. So, um, like... This is going to be a good team, even if you do take it away. I just think that, like, at some point, pride takes over. Like, if a guy comes into the game, it's week four, and he has nine touchdowns, to your point, Mo, like, there's no way, there's no way Blaster and Pass are going to not keep a safety over the top, uh, over the top of him all the time. 
Yeah, I think he might go barren against Ravens, though. That well, defense is pretty is good. Like, at that point, you just man up Matthew Hood and say, like, go, try it. Yeah, like, you put the Uwe boys, one of them on him. And it's yeah. like, you know. But anyway, I think he has... I would go flag Jesus, Matthew Hood. No longer. No longer. No that, longer, man. I know. He's, he's, he's always flagged Jesus the, in my heart, though. He's always he's got Jesus some mullet going on with, with the glasses. But anyway, uh, look, for, for Division C, uh, I'm going to switch it up here. Andrew Langbert. A uh, guy that we know very well, a man who's played quarterback, has had success as a two-way player in this league. I don't know what it is, Pete, but this year as a quarterback, he 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 looks tentative out there. Like he doesn't look like a comfortable thrower of the football. And, and that's I've weird. This, that's really it, weird. It's right? weird, yes. But Pete, the point I'm going to get to is this: he it's like he holds onto the ball, doesn't trust his reads enough. And his last win that he had against uh, Le Santerre, he was saved by Dondre Borden making two acrobatic but emphatic catches that put them over the top. And if you look at his numbers now, he's on pace to having the most INTs thrown in a, career, in, a in a season by him in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, he's. I mean, he also has a hundred quarterback rating, right? Like he's not playing he bad. He's been no. fine. But this isn't this. But the completion numbers aren't up to standard of what he normally is. That like he likes to get those completion numbers going up. I mean, there's one play, and I remember this like that I saw vividly last Thursday. He was being pressured, and he was on his right side, and he he had Marco Botoli essentially open up towards the left side, going towards the side where I was positioned. He looked at him, he hesitated, and he went to his right and threw it away. You know, I'm like, dude, like, make that throw. Trust your 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 reads and don't be hesitant because if you are, you will get caught for it. And, and he got caught week one, and then he got caught week two by the Santar who could not figure out themselves out and how to win a game. Is it just uh, is it just the COVID hangover? Is it just like not having read a defense in a while? It, it could be, but but he's just made some really funky like decisions uh, piece. I mean. Some of the throws, like he in his first game, he had some bad throws that led to ints. In this game against the Santer, it was back and forth, back and forth. But then in the second half, Santer just ran out of gas. And uh, look, that's a good team they have on, on on Sheesh. It's not a bad team at all. No, not at all. But I I thought in their first two games they should have you know run through it. But again, I just think for Andrew Langford, if they're going to make that step up, he's got to play better as a quarterback moving forward. I told you, uh, like so. A, you know my love for Dondre Borden because I've known him since he was six. Um, yeah. So, like, I know how good Dondre is. I know how good a tackle player he was. I know I know how good he is in FPF. Uh, and I've played with him on top of that. They also have Vincent Benjamin. Um, when Alex Holowack was scorekeeping a Division E game, he turned to me and he said, who the F is that? And I said, he's good, huh? And I remember you and I had an argument on this show about it because a Division One quarterback turned to me and said, that guy could play Division One now. Right now. Like, he had, like whether or not it would take him time to adjust, he might not, he won't be the best receiver on a team, but he, he won't be a liability to a team in Division One now. That's the caliber of guys that Andrew Langford has on this team. And that's not to mention, again, he's always open, dude. Always. Like, yeah. I, I've never seen him covered in the 10 years I've been in FEF. Yeah, and I just think, look, they'll figure it out, please, right? Yeah. But they're just and, and off to like an unorthodox it, start. To win a game while you're still figuring it out is the greatest blessing, right? Because if you go 0 2, 
you need to figure it out quick. Here you have a little bit of, of uh, leniency, and, and they play Lake Rokak, who are sort of like one of the, let's say, lesser tier teams in the division, right? So yeah. um, before they go on to play Blessed. So before they have their big matchup, they have one game that I think that's the one's going to write the ship. Yeah, I think, look, they, they will, Sheesh will invite themselves into the top four of this division. Yeah. They'll be top four seed, I think. I, I, I told you the, on the first show. On the first show of the season, yeah. I saw it. I, I loved it. Uh, I love the roster. Um, it, to me, they're, they're, they're poised to be the best. One of the best. Oh, did we go off air? Oh, someone's mic's off right Eagle, now. Eagle muted on? himself, but also muted me, unfortunately. <laughs> man, Eagle's off to a flyer, man, this season. Elini muting himself. Two touchdown grabs. Two touchdowns, and a sack. Exactly. Uh, like, we, we have a bunch of teams at 0-2, 0-3. Mangoose, Silent Ticklers, Balls Deep, Easy WPs. Out of those four teams, Mangoose, Ticklers, Balls Deep, Easy W, who will be the last one to win a game this season? Man, so, like, I talked about how Easy W kind of fixed their defense, but, you know, they've given up 110 points in three games. Um, so as much as it's better than it's been, you, you can't, you, that's too much pressure you're putting in your offense, right? Like, um, I think, I think they're going to struggle if they continue to play this way. Um, and when I, when I look at the silent ticklers roster, the top end talent of Adam Rosen, Charles Presser, J.R. Verger, um, is great. And Jordan Panetta we, we a lot of us question why he was throwing in this division. But there's something missing on the team and I can't I can't quite put it together. Like I don't know I don't even know how I would fix the problem. I haven't seen him play yet, um ticklers. I mean I've seen the IG posts, right, on Instagram of they the like fifty five points to B ballers. And look like I'm not saying B ballers are easy. They're a good team. <laughs> this There's is, no shame. Think of the fact that they were they were a year ago were in Division E. Yeah, no like, shame to look at the Beepallers. No, they're they're incredible. There's incredible. no shame. But when I look at these four teams, um, this quartet of teams left. My, I think his defense is good enough to to get them a couple of wins. On defense. yeah, I think Easy W can get out of this rut and get themselves back into contention of competing for a seven or eight seed. But dude, a minus forty six. Um, I know, but I still know what what the problem is with these guys. I don't know why, but this is typical DNA of this team. They've been slow starters out of the gates, piece that we've seen in years past. And they're kind of like uh, Jagger Ball, right? They played against Top Sauce, right? They played against Top Sauce this week. Top Sauce made the switch to Patrick Jazon quarterback after Vincent Ardoin. Is this this permanent or no? I believe it's permanent uh, because Vincent Ardoin, as far as I know, is not comfortable throwing in the division. The, conf- the conversation I had with Jim Calethris, um was that Patrick Jason was going to take over. And look, I mean, the best situation to take over when you're a quarterback that's a little bit out of his depth is you take over with, you know, you have Chris Miard and Vincent Nardone and, you know, GM himself and Darnell, uh, Kevis Riley. That's a good team, right? Like he has threats all around him, but he's going to make mistakes. He, he threw three interceptions this game, right? So you yeah. cause the turnovers, but you lose to a team that, basically started the season on the ropes. Like, you had a chance to really, like, 
ostensibly end Top Sauce's season three weeks in. And then you, you let them off the hook. You know, that, that's worrisome because get, with the state that the team was in, I thought EZW wins that game. Right. Right. So when, when you look ahead now, Balls Deep plays um, Top Sauce this week in Brossard. Yeah. Who needs this victory even more? I mean, well, Balls Deep statistically does, but Right, but 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 again, we look at Top Sauce and their question marks that they have. Do you trust Patrick Jazon to be the Messiah to solve their quarterback ills going forward? Um here's the thing. Uh, the, the the strength of Balls Deep's defense is actually a guy that isn't talked about nearly enough in FPF circles. It's uh, Curdley Mikul. Curdley is an incredible defender, period, but he's a very good rusher. He's got three sacks already. Patrick Jason is not at a point where he can process reads quick enough, so he needs to use his legs, and Curdley is going to take that away. So it's going to be a difficult if he plays. To if he plays, because he didn't play for um, Balls Deep uh, this past week in week three. He's played two games, though. Right? My assumption is he's yeah. on the team. Yeah, I, I just think, look, I think this is much more needed for top sauce because EZW right now, I'm sorry, big part right now, Balls Deep has a bit of, I want to say dissension within the ranks, but they're not on the same page. But they have the talent there to kind of turn it around and, and make a run for it. But I just think for top sauce, from what I saw from the week one, um, beatdown they took. I'm just not confident about that pivot position piece because you're right; they have the arsenal to work with. So I have a question. But about it's top the sauce. guy who's yeah, top sauce. Yeah, but it's the guy who's pulling the trigger on that gun. Can he get that ball to those playmakers? I don't think they, I don't think he can. As Jason is great guy, great defense player, but I don't know how he is as a quarterback with a bigger sample to work with moving forward. Um. I think he'll be fine just because, again, he has a lot of talent around him. It's just he's going to make mistakes along the way, which is understandable for a quarterback throwing the division for the for the first time. I have a specific question about uh, about, uh, about Top Sauce. So, yes. Vincent Ardone right now struggled and by his own admission said he wasn't, he's not, he doesn't feel as though he can compete as a quarterback in Division C. I've seen Vince, Vince Ardone play quarterback. You've seen Vince Ardone play quarterback. Absolutely. He can't play in Division D. So where where is his home moving forward as a quarterback? Because uh, like if, 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 the top, if the top guys right now in Division D are guys like me and, and Ben McMahon, you know, Vince Nardone's a good deal better than that, right? He'll so, play in, in, in half, like half C, half D, you know? But that's what I'm saying, that that, that, that division doesn't yeah. exist, right? I guess I guess because Division C is a little bit better in Division Four, but like he's he's got to be locked at Division Four, right? Like so, what's well, the he's no man's land right now. What's the future for him as, as quarterback? In, in well, it's that, it's that it's that old adage that they use uh, in basketball where he's too small to be a four, but he's too big to be a three. No longer the argument anymore in the NBA. No, no, but you know what I'm saying though, right? Like the old adage that, yeah. or even now, right? Like how it is, like oh, Big Mac can't play in today's game, right? Well. I think for Vincent Thardot now is the question is uh, if he's still committed to the quarterback position, he might have to bite the bullet and, and take his licks this year. If he does come back to it, I don't think he will, but if he doesn't go back to it down the road, wherever division he plays 
and kind of grow from there. Because that's what he did his first time, guys. Remember, he, he took his licks early on as a quarterback. Then he progressively got better and better and better. And then obviously coaching commitments came out for, for Concordia and for the Alouettes. So he wasn't in the league as often or wasn't there for the full year and became receiver, uh, camo receiver. So I think he's going to have to go back to square one, take his licks, and then perhaps stick her out there as being a quarterback of a higher division. Because, so, but that, and so here's the thing, though. So if his plan is to play quarterback in the future, then this season's not helping him improve either. I just it's just a weird situation to be in. I just I, I thought it was He's a no man's line right now. Nuanced conversation. Sorry? He's in no man's line. He's a man with yeah. no passport right now. He really isn't. Poor dude. Uh speaking of quarterbacks, like, uh, Dan Lazara. What's that movie where Tom Hanks gets stuck in the airport? Terminal. Terminal, terminal. Yes. I was gonna say air terminal. Yeah. <laughs> uh speaking of quarterbacks, Dan Lazara uh, who has been uh, on a roll of late. Uh, he's been uh, been doing very well for himself from an NFL perspective with his Kansas City Chiefs now this year. No longer a Green Bay Packer fan, but he's now a Chiefs fan. Uh, we had some highlight reels. Trust that, of, by the way. He flip-flop like that. You're not a trustworthy person. Well, he, he was using we. Yeah. we. We're ready for the season for Kansas City. I'm like, oh, really? We? Yeah, so if you I shake know, his you... hand, you better count your fingers. Exactly. Exactly. I know. First hand. All right. Uh, let's talk about the Lazaro highlights that we have lined up here. Uh, this is a guy who I think, as I said to you guys, week one, he, he's looked much more relaxed in the quarterback position. Uh, they got a big game coming against Braves, which we'll dive into right now as we get the highlights lined up here, courtesy of AJ Gomes' girlfriend, Christina. And here's the first play. Look at his feet, MPs. Look at the feet. Happy feet. Position. And look at that touch and that throw. AJ Gomes. I get so mad. Can you say that again, please? Oh, oh, we're going to do them in the loop. We're going to do the loop. Okay, and here we go. Now, here's the second touchdown pass. Watch his hips here. Watch the hips. Opens them up. Great placement of the ball to Isaiah Lard. And now the third play, watch his hips on the pass rush coming up here. And look at his eyes. Never taking his eyes off the downfield uh, options. Watch the hips. Wait. Right here. What? Eyes still downfield, please. Yeah. Cross body throw. Yeah, his talent now, annoys me. His talent annoys me. Yeah, but but you know what, Pete? Look, he's more agile now than before. His well, touch on his throws. When you say before, when which specific season do you mean? Well, I mean, look, he he, he looks more fleet of foot now than before. But the point I'm bringing up, though, is that this Dan Lazaro today, I think, can slay the dragon in the and what they call the Braves when they play each other Sunday in Lachine. Yeah, game of the week. It's not actually, but it's the is the FPF game of the week in terms but of like... You see, look, you see that play right right now where he just his hips just evaded the rush, right? So but the thing is, two like, years ago, so that's not happening. When Dan when Dan Lazar was a was a tackle quarterback, he was a mobile quarterback. That was his thing. He was too small to too short to just sit in the pocket, right? So he he moved around a lot and he. He learned to throw the ball from different platforms. He learned to throw the ball uh, from, you know, to, to, to reset his feet, to, to move his hips, like you're saying, um, and drive the ball downfield and to keep his, his head and his eyes downfield so that he can make those plays happen, right? So the, the, the point I think you're trying to make is Dan Lasagna no more. Dan's lost some weight. He looks really good. He looks really good. Like, I'm, we're not talking shit at all. Like I think he he looks good. I, I saw him at, you know, uh, I think it was uh, week one. I I saw him from a distance. And I was like, oh, 
Dan's looking really good these days. That's awesome. He he did the opposite of most people in quarantine. He slimmed down, and it's allowing him to play a style that I think always, always was what he did best, was his ability to again throw from all these different platforms and the ability to to still attack downfield from different parts within sort of like the quote-unquote pocket. There's not really a pocket in FPF, but you know what I mean, to be able to reset yeah. and throw downfield. I, I always thought that's something he did really well, and it looks as though he's regained that ability after shedding you know, a couple of pounds. So who has, a better, who has the better supporting cast going into this game, Braves or Contraband? 1A, 1B. I, I, I like the Contraband roster. I, I'm... I've been a, a Dan Lazara apologist from day one, from his Division Five days. Um, I've always, I've always been a fan. I've always liked him. Um, but adding David Santomo, I think, was a great addition. Um, you know, they have they have speed with with Serge Pilon, Nick uh, Gomez Rizzo, AJ Gomes. You know, and then obviously the size with guys like. Uh, you know, Sentomo himself was, was, was a bigger dude. Isaiah Lard's a big, was a, was a tall dude. So like, and even AJ Gomes, AJ Gomes, I, we talk about him as a speed receiver, but he, he's also tall, right? Like he can go up and get the ball. Very rangy uh, type receiver. Um, he has all the pieces and they're all pieces that specifically fit his offense. Well, this is to me the best group of talents is he had the division B team stars or Superstars, Stars of stars. Island, Stardust Island, whatever it's called. Yeah, Treasure Island, Vegas, Casino, <laughs> whatever, whatever it was. Pirate Island, whatever it's called. Be- back before, in the day. Their, before their obsession with Yumo. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you really want me to sponsor the team, which I have yet to commit. But I look at the George Gerepi, AJ Gomes battle. I know they won't go head to head, but both alpha receivers, um, both different style of receivers, but mm-hmm. uh, again, both have had box office uh, appeal to how they play on the field. Yeah. I, I think George Gerepi can definitely be problems for the contraband defense. But if AJ calls the right defense, you won't stop him, but you, you might contain him for a while. And that might open up for Mike Pearson and Koshane and all these other guys to step up and become more of an influential role uh, for the game on Sunday. They're two of the stars in FPF. It's like a summer where you get a Vin Diesel movie and a Nicolas Cage movie. That's the caliber we're looking at. So, so this is like Fast and Furious 10 then. It's, it's Fast 10 and Wicker Man 2 coming out the same summer. That's, I, I would, but which one do you watch first? I, simultaneously. I'm going to throw a wrench to you. Those two movies okay. or No Regard? Well... I got my ticket already, so I'm going to see No Regard tomorrow. Um, but just the, fact, just the fact that the, the mere fact that we put them in the same sentence as the Fast and Furious franchise lets you know that it's going to be cinematic history. I can't wait for when No Regard has like the 10th movie come out of this whole No Regard thing here, kind of like Fast and Furious like with their whole uh, uh, line of movies. So I can't wait for that to come out like in 2030 over here. So, But back to the point, though. Yeah. I know they'll play each other twice. They'll have one more game, I think, week seven, week eight of the season. I think they'll split them. I think they'll split the games. Yeah, but I think this is a, this is a good chance for, for a contraband to, throw the, to be the first team to throw that shot their way. It'll be a flame a flamethrower and really set the tone for at least what? the middle part of the season. It reminds me of how D-Boys back in the day 
would build up a roster to to beat Montreal's finest. But we've reached a point now where the team to beat in FPF is Braves. And you see it specifically with Dan Lazara every year constructing a team slightly better, slightly better. And every year he's going out there to give Braves just a punch in the jaw every time. And I think this is the team. I said, when and I they see tormented team, him. Sorry? And, and they tormented him. Yeah. And, 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 and he wants revenge. Like it's, it's plain and simple. Yeah. I forget, Eagle, maybe you, I wish I had GM here, but did he not throw four INTs against the Braves in Division Two final? Yeah, Boss, I'm pretty like, sure it sounded a little bit like. <laughs> you guys always bring up that one game. No, like, but, but that's what I'm saying. That's, what, that's, but that's where it began, though, right? Yes. The, 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 the ultimate demon in Lazarus' but, closet and, trying to. But to his credit, to his credit, didn't complain, oh, I need to move down. I can't compete. No, no, no. He kept moving up, kept surrounding himself with talent. Yep. And uh, I mean, Eagles shaking his head, but okay, maybe he did for one season. But overall, overall, to his credit, moved up. Uh, and kept making his team stronger and stronger, committing to, again, we talked about, you know, his commitment to, to, to losing a bit of weight and, and being able to be a better version of himself in FPF. Like, what is there to hate? What is there to hate? For right? sure. Uh, who's the second best team in Division B? The second best team in Division B. After Urgence Medic. They're, they're number one. I think we... we, I we say, you don't, you don't want to go with Urgence Medic as the second best team? No, no. But in Division B... You got Get Off RD, Junkyard Dogs, BYOB, and KGP right now. All it's going to end up being KGP eat. just because Cutler is going to do weird Cutler things, right? Like, we're not going to pick him. He's going to end up with the second best record, and we're not going to understand why, but whatever. Um, I'm going to actually go B. I'm, I'm a big fan of BYOB. I've been a Matt Renee fan. Even though he has stinker of a loss, though. Yeah, that's going to happen. And, and look, it was still a competitive game, right? So, like... Something goes another way, and you know, he, he threw four interceptions, right? If he just throws three, they, they're in this game. They, they, they could still win this game if he just throws three interceptions. That's how good the team is. He's not going to play that bad very often. I, if KGP has Quasi Guatemala on their roster, it just changes the outlook of that team's. Ability on offense and defense because he's a speed it. guy. I get it. They should still be the weakest roster in the division, but they're not, right? Like no, but but Quasi just does his this whether he does any damage, statistically speaking here, it's just his presence on the field with his speed to open up the defenses. Okay, but other other okay, so other than Jeff Rosenblatt and Quasi Gordon Mall, and obviously uh, Cutler. Um, I always just call him Cutler because I'm always close to calling him Jay Cutler every time. I always think of Cutlets when I think I don't know of if that's a Cutler. compliment or an insult. I, I mean, depends. I think it's a cutlet, factor. Though. It's a compliment because nobody's as cool as Jay Cutler. Quarterbacking. Eh. Um, what about wide receiver? <laughs> well, he gives. I'm, I'm, I'm sure Phil gives more of an effort than Jay Cutler. Um, but yeah, like other than other than those three guys, and one of them being the quarterback. There's not really a ton of upper division experience, which again I know is not the end of the world, but it's also they're kind of like a team in between where like they also don't have a ton of young up and coming talent that's ready for the scene just yet either. So like they they always strike me as a team in between, but they always play above their skill level. Yeah, I mean, like you know, for for KGP, they have a bunch of possession receivers. 
There isn't a burner on that team. Uh, Jonathan Quasi, Garfinkel. Quasi is Jonathan, a burner. Jonathan Garfinkel is sort of like he's not a as fast. Great as possession receiver. No, no, he's fast. He's very fast. He's a guy who he, can... he, he, he ain't blown off tops of defense. No, no, but not, not in that way. But he's the kind of guy who, if he makes a guy miss in space, he's he's gonna he's gonna take it to the house. Right, but if again, not to be repetitive here, but if Quasi's full time, they're the second best team behind Urjus Medic. But if he doesn't, you wonder if if Get Off Our D can have the horsepower to to make a run at the two speed at the two spot right now. Because I don't know if I can trust junkyard dogs right now. I don't know because they're too I, up I and down agree with, with you. that. I kind of agree with you. They're, 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 I don't know. Like to me, just when I look at BYOB as a roster, it's uh, it's more complete. Um, it's more complete. That that that's the that's the main difference between the two teams. Um, but again, I don't think junkyard dogs are far, right? Like Paul Pierre, we know we know John Samurgeon. Um, Jean-Christophe Ferland, by the way, is a guy, again, lower division dude who, who a lot of people don't know. Um, but the team was also counting on Jamil Springer, who's had no games played out of three. And he wonder so if he's going to play. And, and Travis Moses on the roster, no games played. So if you have Jamil Springer and Travis Moses, that's a complete team. They're probably the best roster in the division. But without yeah, yeah. them, okay, they're good. They're a good team. And it... They're going to get mad, of course, that we said they're good, which is a weird thing to get mad about, Mo. It's like me, me saying, Mo, you're a very handsome man. And you're like, what? I'm not super handsome? <laughs> that, that, yeah, of course. That, that's really the reaction. Much sexy? Anyway. Yeah. Um, a, a reminder, and we'll, we'll, we'll remind teams next week, but you need five games to be eligible for playoffs. Five games played to be eligible for the playoffs this yeah. year. And remember, if you're injured and not like critically injured, you're supposed to show up to the field and check in with the scorekeep. So your captain should be adding you to the roster list as DNP or injured essentially. And you have to go see the scorekeep to say, hi, here's who I am. I'm here to make sure you get your game played. And exactly. uh, I've had this experience this season. Captains, if you have guys who don't show up, cut their asses. Yep. I did it. I did it this week. Who do you cut? Look at my roster. You can figure it out. I don't want to call anybody out, but look at my roster. It's oh, very come on. Who cares, man? You're at that point. You cut the guy. What, what's going to happen now? He's going to come after you. No. All right, all you're right, in a garage. Right, the... I'll, I'll, you don't have to do it. I'll do it. Mo, you're You're I'm in sorry. a shipping container. In nowhere <laughs> Your 25% completion percentage just isn't going to cut yeah. it. I know Pease wanted to replace himself and go back on offense, but... I was going to go snap, just, you know. We're going to go in a different direction with the hot size <laughs> franchise. All right. It is now time for... Games of the Week! Slow okay, minutes. so Pease... Uh, so we, we have the... Um, we the, changed the name. We had the XL sheet, right? Out of who's done what per division. Thank you, Iggy. Yeah. So I'm I just want to point you. out, right? Smashing you. By one game. Okay? Smashing look, you. If, if you look at the breakdown of who's won each division, like like, like the U.S. presidential race with state by state, mm-hmm. you might have won Florida, please. But I've won Georgia. Well, I've won Arizona. I've won Nevada. I've won North Carolina. I have won – I have five. You know, you know what this sounds like? So this sounds like you're going to refuse to take my victory and then become a traitor to FPF and march on the studio. Eagle, you realize Florida the, uh, has 29 whip, whip, electoral whip college votes, sheet, right? Yeah, hold on. Get that, uh, get that sheet up, please, of, of the standings of who's done I mean, what. I don't have it handy, so no. It's on but... the Facebook group. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's I on the Facebook group, it. please. I don't have it. 
Nor do I want to. Yeah, just get it off. Get it for the end of the segment. (laughs) While you're calling it all the games. (laughs) Slowest four minutes. All right, you boys ready for this? Yeah. Yeah, let's do it. Here we go. Where's the music? There is music. Oh. Division A and B. BYOB versus KGP. Well, I got to say BYOB, right? Given my analysis in the last segment. BYOB. You said KGP, Mo? Yeah. Yeah, KGP. Okay. Here for the beers, Junkyard Dogs. JYD. Junkyard Dogs as well. All right. The potential game of the week on this division. Games of Braves versus Contraband. Uh, they're not actually potential game of the week for I game know, of the week but purposes, no. but yes. Uh, I'm going to go Contraband for this one. I will second that. Contraband. And Urgence Medzik versus Chernobyl 21. UM. Yeah, I think you guys are going to beat them. All four here to come for Chernobyl. Rough. And get off our D versus All Stars. All Stars for me. Yeah, All Stars are going to run through these guys. All right. Division C Mangoose versus Silent Ticklers. Battle this of, is the uh, battle of all fours, no? Oh, and twos, yeah. Um, I'm going to go Silent Ticklers on this. Mangoose. B Ballers versus Blessed. Ooh. This is a good game. And Bless sent me their roster like two hours ago, so Jeez, they're ready. <laughs> oh man, I think I think they're I think they're in a hotel in Brasso right now, getting ready for the game day meal tomorrow morning. I'll do it. I'll go. I'll go. I'll go. B ballers. Man, this is a really good game. Great game. Um, Great game. Man, this is really a tongue twister. I will go with Bless. Okay. Yeah. All right. Top I'm sauce versus balls deep. Top sauce. Balls deep. Give me curly. Give me curly shutting uh, shutting down Pat uh, Jason. Sheesh versus Ligro Cook. Sheesh. Sheesh. Les Santard versus Blue Dreamers. Blue Dreamers. Uh, Blue Dreamers. Santard's offense just looks um looks the opposite of Blue Dreamers. <laughs> The yeah. South Harmon Institute of Technology versus EZW. Shit. Yeah, I agree. No, I don't like it though, but I agree. All right, Division D: PDs and Negronis versus the new guys. New guys. New guys. Blackouts versus Les Bleu Branleurs. Defensive battle. Yeah, this is gonna be a close one. LBB really brought it last week. But I will go blackouts. Blackouts for me. Kiss my end zone versus tough lungs. Tough, tough lungs. lungs. It'll, be, it'll be a close game though. Pardon my swag, Loyola. PMS. Pardon my swag. PMS Walk. because uh, PMS because Brad Evans and that team is playing with more resilience than before. Hawaiian shirt. Uh, lockdown versus Bruins. Um, I don't like what lockdown looks like so far. Um, you allowed forty-two points to me, so imagine what Bruins will do to you. I had two guys who injured on the first four plays, and who, I don't know what their health. Give me Bruins. Yeah, well, what's the hold on insider information? Eagle, what's going on with the health status of your team? They uh, they have lower body injuries. Penis. So what's the deal? Are they questionable or are they doubtful for for the next game? They're day to day. Okay, are they questionable or doubtful for the game? They're day-to-day. Remember, Tom Gatehouse has no soul. Uh, for, oh, he plays on the team. I forgot, the water boy. Um, 
I'm going to go with Bruins. All right. Mean Girls, Trap Stars. I'm going to go with Mean Girls. I'm going with Trap Stars. Clinkers, Tuts, and Parlays. Tuts and Parlays. I hate to do it, but Tuts and Parlays. Did you pick the same one? Yeah. Okay, sorry. You cut out for a second. The Stoics versus Johnny Fireball. Fireball. I'm going to go Johnny Fireball, but I don't like it. I feel like it's a trap game. I feel Stoics will win, but give me Johnny Fireball because I like gambling. Sparrow's Legion, Glow Gang. Glow Gang. I'm going to go Sparrow's Legion because Glow Gang still hasn't figured out their situation on offense. That defense, though. Against Vince Pisano is still new to the division, right? Yeah. He also lost some weight. He looks great. Yeah, he does. By the way, as the show ages, we're just going to be a show talking about other dudes losing weight. <laughs> about his daughter, and great cause to raise money for Alzheimer's, making lasagnas. I had a, I had one fantastic. I recommend everyone to go to see Vince Pizzano for lasagna. All right, the fighting Alini voodoo. Alini. <laughs> um, Alini. Let me down last week though. Leftovers Arush. I mean, what? I have Arush as leftovers, so. Yeah, I haven't had it in a long time. Eagle, let's, let's do it for next time to come in the studio. Get some vegetarian arouge for me, please. That sounds good. Uh, leftovers. Mo, who you take? Arouge. All right. Low-key, one of the best shows ever made on TV. The Leftovers. There we go. Los Siete Amigos versus Top Season. Los Siete Amigos. Yeah, I think Amigos are going to do it as well. Yeah, I agree. Replacements, Vultures. Vultures? But it'll be close. I don't know replacements. Okay. And ball in 60s versus hot sauce sports. I can't pick it, but hot sauce sports by 60. Oh, wait, 50. I'm going to pick hot sauce 50. sports to continue on, on their high end here. So give me hot sauce to. to so I'll crumble next week, is what you're saying, Mo. Not this week. I'll, I'll start crumbling. Yeah, I'm not sure what your game, so I'm not too sure how this is going to play out, but we'll see. give me uh, hot sauce. All right. Division E Pinchello's Brewers. Brewers. Yeah, I'm going to go Brewers on this one. Balls Deep versus Quantrium FFC. Quantrium FFC. The douchiest. Balls Deep. FF. Okay. Ravens versus Green Means Go. Ravens. Great game. Yeah, but sorry, Dave. Ravens. I'm going with Ravens as well. Okie dokes. We got Oscars Hockey School versus Menace to Sobriety. Well, you know no, you're taking Oscars. I'm taking I'm gonna, Oscars, gonna, boys. I saw Menace to Sobriety this week. Uh, I'm going to go Oscars Hockey School as well. They just don't have it yet. Les Chevaliers Rohan versus Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. Dilly Dilly. Another three touchdowns for our boy. V-Town Suicide Squad. This could be a trap game. Uh, suicide Squad. You know what? I'm going to go with V-Town. These boys better come through. All right. Oreos blast from the past. Oreos. Oreos. Trailer Park Boys, Rainmakers. Trailer Rainmakers. Park Boys. You got Rainmakers. That's the game of the week, by the way, right? Rainmakers. It should be. Right Boys. now, Maybe, yes. they, you know what? Maybe. Save the Turf Tills versus Melons. Okay, so here, hold quickly here. Save the Turtles, I watched them play. They're, they're good. Yeah. They, have a, they have this really good player on this team. Um, number 20, I forget his name right now, but long story short, good defense. If you figure out an offense, they'll, they'll be competitive, but give me Melons to win this football game. All right. I think, uh, I think Melons will win this as well. 
And last division E game, Les Mythiques versus The Bad Batch. I don't know what to make of Les Mythiques. Uh, they just... They have, they played a game without Etienne. Um, whose last name I forget. Etienne Quentin. Uh, they had him this week. They did not do well without him. Um... Sorry, they did not do well with his return, so I don't know what to make of them, so I'm going to choose against them. I'm going Bad Batch. Co-ed Bad Division. Bad Batch is who I was going with, yeah. Co-ed Division. So, third down for what versus Party Mix? Third, third down, down for, for what? Les Femi Croquants versus Fantastic Nine. Great game. That was first place in that division. I'm going to go with Semi Croquants to win that game. Give me not quite Croquants. Power Rangers fighting Tigers. Fighting Tigers gotta win at some point, right? Give me Power Rangers. Give me Power Rangers. Sriracha hot chili sauce, La Sect. Uh, Sriracha. Sriracha. And Yin and Yang versus Power Rangers. So, full disclosure, this is a back to back game for Power Rangers after their game against the Tigers. Give me, yeah, Power Rangers. Um, give me Power Rangers as well. Um, Mo, the number 20 you're referring to is a, a gentleman by the name of Vincent Chung. Uh, Thank you, yes. Vincent Chung in 13 games in his FPF career has 12 catches, and five of those have gone for touchdowns. Well, there we go. I look at his defense stats. Oh, he's, he's a monster in Yeah, I believe he had a couple of INTs in the he, game. He has, well, he, did, he has exactly a couple in his career, and he has six sacks to add to that, too. Yeah, they have a good defense. It's, the offense is a little bit off, but if they can get their offense figured out, they, they'll be okay. Great. And that's right. it for this week, boys. We got a long one here, but it was good. That's hour and a half. It's yeah, but look, go. it is what it is. We're going to have these long ones. We might as well go the long distance here. But anyway. Um, if you want your content featured, feel free to send it in to us. Tag us on Instagram, Twitter, put it on Facebook. Google Drive. Uh, do we have a TikTok? No, but we will. No. Put it in Pieces Inbox. Put it in Mo's DMs. Put it in my butt. Anywhere you want to put content, we'll take it. Wherever you want to slide oh, into, slide into it. I'll, I'll be back in studio soon. I get my second shot in the coming days here. I can't wait. And uh, very excited. We will be together again as a as a, as a platonic menage a trois as we uh, have been for the last couple. Sometimes of Sometimes not even platonic. Mo, do you think people realize how difficult this is to do with one of us remote? Like it's it's hard when both of us. Yeah, remote, but yeah, it's tough. But you know, we'll, we'll be back together. Uh, you know, as a trio sooner than later in the uh, shipping container, and uh, can't wait for that. But again, we are now past the week three, week four coming up, so we'll have an amazing set of games this weekend going to next week, and then we'll recap that and preview it again. And as Eagle said, send us your content. If you have videos, you have highlights of your game or games that you've watched, send to us. We'll play it on this podcast all throughout the season. Magic words, please. Chris Paul is a top 10 point guard of all time. Uh, good night, Ben Simmons. And good night, England. Forza Azuri! Racist assholes. Thank you.